How do you explain the unexplainable? That warmth that fills you up from the inside out? Does it come from the air, the sea, the sun, the people? Or is it something that can't be put into words? Because Aruba is more than a beautiful island. It's a feeling that brings out a happier, sunnier you. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your next visit at aruba.com. It's so nice out there. From sunny Mexican markets to sleepy Greek waves. And when you go as an Expedia member, you save more on the things that matter. Expedia. Made to travel. Terms apply. See site for details. Good evening, Honey Hole Hangout. What's up? Hey, guys. Man, this has just been like, I think all of us are feeling how this week has been crazy. It's crazy. It's hot. It's hot. I'm living in a hotel. Yeah, Zach's, like... Zach's back to his work, which is... It's fun, but going from summer schedule back to it... To is, school schedule. Oh, man, especially after a year of, of Zoom. Yeah. It's... Uh, Man, it'll, it'll put you on your butt we're, for a few days. We're all feeling like this Tuesday <laughs> evening is like we're exhausted. Yeah, yeah. Zach, what are we drinking tonight? Uh, we are drinking. So uh, my birthday is coming up in a couple days. Happy birthday. Thank you. My dad came into town, and uh, he brought a few whiskeys for us to try because he knows we do this on the podcast. And we are trying Proper 12. So if you guys don't know what this is, it is Conor McGregor's uh, Irish Whiskey. It's even hot on the nose. Company. Uh, let's see. It is. I don't think it's supposed to be a, a hot. It's only eighty proof. So this is actually a lower. <laughs> I can feel it in the nose. Have you tried it yet? No. It's very good. I'm very much a fan. Like I would. I would buy this bottle. It has something. It's super it's smoother sweet. in the mouth, but it yeah. is hot in the nose. See, when I smell it, I don't. I don't get that. That's straight alcohol flavor that's that much that you're See, talking about. But he sold it, you said, didn't he? I think so. I, I can't confirm that. That's what my dad said. But he sold it to his dad. <laughs> you're right. Just the bottle. Just the bottle. <laughs> uh, but the, you know what? For a $23 bottle that you can typically find. Oh, this bottle's only $23? $23. I would buy this. Absolutely. Yeah, just a half. Oh, yeah. It's and weird. I like it. It's sweet for an Irish whiskey. Like, it is. It's got like some bourbon, a little bit of bourbon notes in there. Uh, let's see. I very much like it. But it also, so, but it has like a distinct flavor in the beginning too. Mm-hmm. But I can't tell what it is. The sweet hits you at the end. It does. But the beginning hits you with like, it's almost like it tastes a little like sour or off, but then it mellows out almost instantly. Mm-hmm. Mm. I like Speaking of your birthday, we have something for you. Oh, no. You guys don't have to do anything. Well, too late. Too late. (laughs) No takesies, backsies. Takesies, backsies. So. He didn't even get you a gift receipt, so you can't take it back. So I can't. I have to keep it now. This is for you, my friend. What is this? Happy birthday from Honey Hole Angle. Oh, man. Wait. Oh, I know that color. It's a Bubba knife. Oh, guys. 
This is awesome. Has the price tag still on it on the back? <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I actually was watch, watching uh, Bubba do their whole presentation at the iFish, iCast, a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Thinking, I wish I had a Bubba knife. <laughs> so this is perfect, guys. This you, is great. You have one, don't you, Cliff? I do. That's I've been wondering. I believe I have that exact same one. Dude, Yeah. And like that handle? Yeah, it's very oh, nice. Man. I've been holding it in the box. Right? Like, <laughs> Dude, just, Do I just want to keep this for myself? Yeah. Or? The man, you guys who are listening, the packaging is just like, you just grab it. The knife part, the blade is covered, but. And, and for those happening. who don't know, it is a fish cleaning knife. Yeah. It's specifically. a fillet knife. It's a yeah, fillet, it's a fillet knife. knife. But Bubba's kind of the name. Like that's like the one. I would say they're top tier. Right. From what I know. They and look I'm good. not going to buy a more expensive they do one. Cool. Yeah, that bright red color. Thank you, guys. That's awesome. I yeah. really appreciate that. You're welcome. Everyone from Honey Hole Hangout crew pitched in. Yeah, that's really cool, guys. Thank so, you. yeah, you're welcome. Uh, did you do any other fun birthday activities? Um, let's see. Oh, I do have a funny moment. Um, I exchanged ahead with your wife earlier today. Because uh-huh. I was texting her. I was like, "What is there something that Zach's been wanting and the first thing that she sent me uh-huh. was a picture of a what was it? Guggen Squad lures. Oh yeah, and I was like, I uh, <laughs> I, I texted her. <laughs> I texted her. Wait, is this a joke? Conventional gear? Yeah, there's a couple of micro lures I want. Dot dot dot. And she said he sent that to me a while back when I asked him what he wanted, and I did not get it for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I could always use a couple different uh, crankbaits and stuff or sometimes want to get easy. I just wasn't expecting it because I've never seen you conventional fish. Yeah, I do it every now, like every rare, like uh, Kendall's parents live. uh, It was, it was like, it was like to me, like a dirty secret you were keeping from us. Oh, like I just don't talk about it. Yeah, you just don't talk, (laughs) but you go out conventional fishing, but you don't talk about it. (laughs) And so to me, it was like almost getting stabbed in the back. I was like, what? I don't care if you conventional fish, but this is the first time I've heard of you wanting conventional gear threw me for a loop. And I thought it was a joke. I was like, is this going to be some kind of gag gift that I don't know about? (laughs) No, that's great though. Uh, No, man, it's just, you know, like I said, if I'm going pond hopping, sometimes it's just easier to throw a spin rod, you know? I would agree. All right? Like, especially if I know I'm going to a pond where it's covered in trees and stuff. Or, like, Kendall's parents, they live on a pond now where we can just go out and just, you know, sit sometimes at a bank. it's just, just good to be able to flick, like, uh, something out there. Yeah, I don't have to worry about another hand getting in the way or anything. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, have a hand to hold the beer. Exactly. Real, like, real, <laughs> realistically, yeah, that's kind of what it comes down to. Um but yeah, yeah. I, do you have any other? Birthday? I like he want to get like a legit bait casting rod. I have a nice. To, I have a nice bait caster. I have that. Um, oh gosh, thirteen fishing. They're the ones that did like that started the cork candle craze a couple years back. But they have like the low those low profile uh, bait casters. Yeah, I like mine a lot. Mm. I low key want one. Yeah, I mean, I just have I have three conventional rods. I have that bait caster. Because it's fun to toss a bait caster every now and then. I have a lightweight spinning rod, and then I have a um, a salt rod, a spinning. See, I have rod. a salt spinning rod, right. and I have a like a bass spinning rod. Yeah, because like realistically, if I go out to the pier, especially if I'm with my brother and he's throwing uh, bait, like I'm gonna be throwing my that. Because to be honest, bait light live shrimp next to a fly, like they're gonna hit the live shrimp all day every day. Also, if you're taking other people out, like that don't fish all the time and definitely don't fly fish, mm-hmm. 
it's sometimes like just easier to give them take handle marad. Handle marad, or if you're going to constantly be untying and re baiting or re putting on a hook and all this other stuff, I don't want to be dealing with my fly gear. Yeah, like if I go with Cynthia's family, none of them can put on can put a worm on a hook. Yeah, none of them can tie a hook onto a line. So the whole time I'm just sitting there screwing around with other people's gear. So when I do have a minute, I legitimately have a minute, and it's good to just be able to throw something out there for myself. Yeah, get, or throw get something far, out get there deep and get it done. Yeah, or throw something out there and set it down and go tinker with everyone else. And if it starts going off, then yeah, that's your time to shine. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I usually always bring my gear when we go to her parents' house, just because I know that they can use that too, and they don't have their own gear of their own. But they actually like to go fish whenever we're there. And so, that's, yeah. you know. But it, it was a dirty secret that now it gets us out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys want to hear about my academy debacle? I do. I okay. do want to hear about it. So, as we know, today is the last day. I mean, when you're hearing this, your license will be expired. But as we're recording, today is the last day that your hunting and fishing license is legal. And so, I went yesterday during my lunch break to... Get a new license. That's where you messed up the first part. You went during your lunch break. And uh, Cliff had texted me that he was going to put me in on some of his draws, and I was very motivated to get this done quickly because you texted me that morning, I think, and I was like, I'm going on lunch to get this to get this done. It should be noted that you can buy a hunting and fishing license online um, for most people. It's a $5 surcharge for them to do the electronic processing, but it is so much worth the less of a headache yeah, yeah i sit there in my bed the 15th of august do kindle and eyes and then it, like you can use that for a week and then you get your real ones in the mail like it's just like it's so well easy. even then it's pretty much instantaneously as it shows up onto the app that's right yeah. and so like, and if you have the app you don't really even need to carry your paper no. license and the app unless shows, you're using a tag right unless Correct. you're unless you're going for Correct. drum or yeah or you're, you're unless you're filling a tag yep yeah but no it's so, I am a unique case, though, right. because I buy a freshwater guide license right. every year. When I buy, it has to be at a location in person. Um, and so, it doesn't matter where, because a couple of years ago, I went to the TPWD office, and they're like, you know, you don't have to come here for this. And I was like, well, I tried to do it online, and it wouldn't let me. They're like, yes, you cannot buy the guide license online, but you can buy it anywhere that licenses are sold. And so, I go in person. Uh, this year, I chose to go to Academy because it was close to my work to buy hunting license, uh, public hunting, APH, and a couple other things, guide license. So I go. I check out at the counter. I go to their print desk, mm -hmm. and the guy's inputting all my stuff. We're talking, and it's pretty much processed. And then he clicks... Um, print and it runs out of paper mid print mm -hmm. so what he does is he puts more paper in it prints everything out but everything was only half printed because it ran out of paper it wasn't printed correctly and when he went in the software he can do a reprint and mm -hmm. void the old licenses but i guess when it continued printing it automatically did that reprint and then it just it voided all my licenses. I got like ten emails from TPWD saying that my hunting and fishing licenses were licenses were voided. 
Wait, all of them are voided? All of them are voided. So even if you had the paper right now, you couldn't use it? I could not. They would not let me take the paper home because those licenses are not legal. Like, if they run my license... Landon's poaching this year is what he's saying. (laughs) (laughs) If they ran my license, it would not be legal. Okay. So... They, and then it said on their software to call TPWD. So 45 minutes on hold later of Academy on hold with TPWD, um, they are like, they weren't seeing it on their side. It takes a while to process. And so basically the recommendation was like to bring my receipt back a couple days later. To and then they would To Academy okay. and they would reprint everything. Because they didn't refund your money. No. Okay. Yeah. No, I need to still go back to Academy and get everything reprinted. Dude, that sucks. I believe and, I would have been doing that today. And well, we're or I've gone to another Academy yesterday because it doesn't have to be the same Academy. Yeah, that, that's yeah. Why couldn't they just do it again there? Is it because they they had a guy who didn't know what to do? No, because my license got voided. Uh huh. They in their software could not reprint. My license. Oh, you have to wait so many hours. It had, there has to be like a processing time for the system to catch up, Got is it. what TPWD said. And then I could go back and get my license reprinted. Dude, yeah. Yeah. No, it's been a mess. And not only that, I can't get my Sandhill Crane license at Academy either. So my whole effort of like That's going in person. Sl- isn't that a free add-on? It's a free add-on. I couldn't understand why yeah, they couldn't do the it. Box, right? Yeah. So I will say though, guys, as somebody who has sold licenses at Gander, there's very minimal training go- that goes into selling and printing licenses at outdoor retailers. Yeah, but wouldn't it is it not the same as like the input information as his own system? At least what we did, we had like an actual box computer thing that was solely given to us by Parks and Wildlife. Right, that was there for. Right, to print the license. licenses. So it's a different setup versus if you buy it online. Like, it looks different. You have different options there. Um, you can you have a little more control. But that's the thing. You should have been able to buy a Sandhill Crane there because I believe I was able to sell Sandhill Crane through mine. Like I feel like those, being those computers are, I don't know if they are... Well, I could buy my duck stamp. That's a federal, and Sandhill Crane is fe- federally... Done as well, and I bought my duck stamp at the same time. I don't know if those computers, though, are uh, like rented out or whatever, or they have to buy them or they're just given to them. They're leased. So uh, they yeah. are leased. But being that it is a, T, a piece of TPWD equipment, mm-hmm. you would think that it would have all the options no matter if they can do a freshwater guide license on it you think they could do sandhill crane exactly and that may have been an employee thing couldn't find it and click the box that's yeah that that, that was more my point is that like there's very little training and like even though i knew what some of like the options were there were a lot of people who didn't hunt yeah they didn't know what the the girl that was like printing my license um she was like uh i see you have a freshwater fishing license but you bought the super combo and she pointed out to me like that's a guy license so they were like they didn't even know what I had. That's why from now on, I'm going to the TPWD office in San Antonio. I know where it's at. It's not a far drive. I'm just getting it done. I'm going to just get it done there because I have to go in person. And they're always so nice. Yeah, I can't blame you because that, that so makes the most sense. It's, it's a little bit further of a drive. It's a little bit more of an inconvenience. But it's 
It's just how I'm going to do it from now on. Yeah, that you have to. And my recommendation to anybody else, if you're buying if you're buying a super combo and that's it, go to Academy. It like that's all they sell is super online. combos. If you're doing anything remotely like complicated, I would say go do it online. Yeah, like if you're adding like the first time hunter safety waiver and all that other stuff. Yeah. Do it online. If you have a pretty complicated situation. Or if situation you're buying like a super combo, do it online. Because I bought way easier. I'm, I'm telling you. Every time you buy a license, buy it online. If you go to a new state, buy it online. <laughs> like I've uh, never experienced That's what I do. It so when I every time I go to like Alabama or Florida mm-hmm. or Georgia or the when I've gone up to Arkansas, all I do is I pull up their state's natural resources right. website, click buy a license, pick out what I need. And I'm done. Right. Super easy. I will say there's a couple of states like Gatlinburg is a little weird because you have to buy this specific Gatlinburg stamp, but it's very clear on the website. You know, also, if you go to Colorado, they have like a $14 surcharge fee that you have to click. They don't automatically add it. And if you don't have that, you can get fined and it's like, okay, or it's either there or uh, New Mexico that has that. But yeah. Yeah, just well, do, even just Texas has some. Unless of those, you need a guide license, then go to TPWD office. Even Texas has some of those sites specific like things you have to add on, like tech, like Texoma or whatever mm-hmm. up north. Oh yeah, you yeah. got to add that yep. if you're gonna fish or hunt there. Yeah, I remember one time I was uh, working at Gander the day before dove season opened. It's so like you know today, essentially the 31st of August, right? And I was the only perk. We only had three people working that whole store. I was in the front. So I had to ring everybody out and run uh, licenses at the same time. Like 100 people came in 30 minutes before, and we had a line that wrapped all the way around the store. And there's literally only three of us, and I was the only person on register running the, the licenses. No wonder Gander closed. Yeah. Well, and I will say ran the skeleton if crew. You, if you yeah. know what you're doing and what you're looking for, as most of our listeners probably do, it's online. It's less than five minutes, yeah. and half the time now it says, "Oh, you bought this last year. We recommend buying this again. Is this what you want?" And you just click yes, yeah. and it automatically pulls it all. That's out. true. That's yeah. Well, because of Academy, I missed out on getting put on Cliff's John Hunts because he hit the deadline. The deadline was today or yesterday. I believe it was yesterday. It was yesterday. Yeah, but if it was if it was today. Still missed it. Still missed it. Yeah. So, uh, I want to give a shout out to somebody. Who? Blacklisted Fly Fishing. Uh-huh. Uh, actually, let me look up his real Instagram handle. Blacklisted Fishing. He tried to save a baby raccoon. I've been keeping up with it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he's a listener because he sends us questions fairly often, and he sent us a question today, which I'll get to in a second. Um, He, like, found a baby raccoon like trapped in the mud and crying and tried to save it and it did not make it but he All put right. like a he put a great effort in and I think it. he was going to like after a couple of days because he couldn't care for it was going to take it to a wildlife center but it didn't it didn't make it to that point mm. so I just wanted to give him a shout out for, for doing what he could doing what he could putting a good effort in and I know he was like waking up every couple hours in the middle of the night to try to feed it and all kinds of stuff. It got me thinking about the whole hawk situation that I tried to save, which I think I've talked about at least twice on the podcast, oh, yeah. so I won't get into it. But um, what did he feed it? Garbage, little, little <laughs> trash panda. 
No. It's, I, it's some kind of milk. It was, it was, dude, it was tiny. Like, little, little, little fella. Do raccoons, are they born like mice? Are they pink when they come out? I have no idea. I've never seen a baby raccoon. And like a pre, like a newborn yeah. <laughs> raccoon. It's not something I'm out there <laughs> looking for. Are newborn raccoons pinkies? <laughs> I have no idea. But he did send us a question, too. Uh, do you conceal carry while wade fishing and or will you after September 1st with constitutional carry happening? So I decline to answer. I will say, honestly, I have no idea about constitutional carry. That's probably bad, but I have a concealed carry permit. So I have like literally not so concerned co- myself constitutional, with constitutional carry. Constitutional carry is state of Texas and other states have done it as well, but they say because it's your Second Amendment right to have and bear arms that you don't need a license in order to carry. So is this going to so void my license? It's not going to void it. I would still keep your CCW, your concealed carry license, mm-hmm. up to date. And I would still legally keep it. Because legally it might save you more. It legally it might save you more. Also, they're kind of doing this as a backlash towards anti-gun legislation up in the uh, in Washington, in the D.C., like trying to go across the country. So these states are trying to get ahead of it and saying we're not. So instead of being like a sanctuary city for immigrants or for marijuana or something like that, the state is kind of making it a sanctuary city for firearms. It's kind of a very dumbed down baseline level of way to think about it. There's more that goes into it. Anybody can carry. I do not have a CCL, so I can Yeah. So as of September first. I can as long as you're not in a government building, which it's weird that the government But does a thirty out six signs and everything still apply? I have no idea. I've not looked into it that much. Because there's no uh, training for it. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to nobody's gonna know what those signs mean. Yeah, as someone who uh well, the 30 out 6 and the 30 out 7 rule here just states that you can either, if it's 30 out 7, you can't open carry. Right. And if it's 30 out 6, you can't conceal carry into that building. Now, I don't know with this constitutional carry if that supersedes this because those are legally binding uh, signs and stuff. So even well, if and it's, private businesses have the right to, to post those signs. Correct. I think I would honestly say that you still have to respect those signs. I would, I would probably say. I would agree. To be safe. Right. But I would just, because I mean, like, if you get caught in that building not following the rules, you're probably in for something. And that know? private yeah, that, business has the right. That's to, not a lawsuit that I want to try and figure no, out by doing it Hon- that way. And honestly, I have no idea on this. Like, I haven't even looked into it. I, I know it's happening, but I have my concealed carry. And in my mind, I'm going to continue to operate that way. like I have operated with my concealed and I carry. Think, I think it's smart to continue even after constitutional carry comes into action tomorrow being September 1st. I would still keep my CCW up to date when it expires. Now, if the state says we're no longer doing this and they just won't work with you, that's a different situation. Right. But, but as long as it's an option, I would still keep it. You've already done the the grunt work, you know. Might as well right. keep the rest of it up. Your name's already in that database. Well, so. and and concealed carry holders are held to a higher standard, generally speaking, yeah. as well. 
when it comes to that. And so. I would say it probably will save you on the uh, the back end if something ever did or have to arise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, I is I decline to answer. I think your answer spoke. I think the answer you did gave spoke for itself. Yeah, I think I, you, I think you answer. answered it without answering. We did get another question. Cool. Why is Zach so hot? Cliff, would you care to answer? Because it's 107 <laughs> degrees. It it, yeah, I'm in shorts and short sleeve. I don't know how you guys are doing it in jeans and boots, but, you know, I'm hot. Yeah, I'm sweating. Zach's got a little bit of a secret admirer. Aw. Sending us questions. Yay. Is it Kendall? <laughs> <laughs> That's something she would put in there. Uh Kindle did ask, where do fish keep their money? Oh, yeah. I, I already know this one. So, do you guys know the answer? No. <laughs> did she put the answer? No, she didn't. She just asked the question. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys a second to think about it. Where do fish keep their money? In their mermaid pouch. Not the mermaid pouch. At the riverbank. Uh, <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> nice. That was all of our questions for this week. Oh, I, have, I got a question for you guys. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. How do you guys feel about the gas stations, the gas pumps that have the TV that advertise to you while you're annoying. there? It's annoying. It's the worst thing in the I world. Filled up with I, gas. Go, I go through the thing like three times, and it's like, how many times do I have to see Marissa Morano? <laughs> I know. I saw that one today when I was done with gas. It's the worst. It's so loud. There's no mute button. And it's no. Just, I'm just there. No. I'm just filling up with you gas. know what? We should put. We should pay for advertising for Honey Hole oh, Hangout the gas on a gas station on pump the gas TV. Station pump. Oh man, that made people hate us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They might like it. <laughs> That's true. It'd be funny. We should just pull our best sound clips and just play just them on repeat. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> Can you start at just one gas station, or do you have to go full bore at all Circle Ks? I bet we could work it out. You know, hey, maybe we just burn it onto a DVD and put one of those little pop-up DVD things uh, in the corner. Just on top of it. <laughs> exactly. <lock> it down. <laughs> exactly. You know. Oh, man. No, yeah, they, I've been yeah. given a free DVD at a gas station before, so I've been given I, like CDs. I've yeah, given, yeah, I've been given somebody's mixtape. Check tape. out my mixtape. Yeah, <laughs> you guys ever have put you guys ever in, actually like put it in? Trash. No, yeah. I, I have never. I've done it like in like old cars. I would never put it in a computer, but I've not. <laughs> <laughs> I put it in old cars and like just been like, yeah, no, this doesn't need to exist. Oh, <laughs> um, but back to like the advertisement TVs, uh, the gas pump. Yeah, super annoying. Like, it's always, I feel like it's always the same thing. Yeah. It's never, like, it's always, like, their advertisements, too. Like, yeah. Like, pens oil or something. Yeah. Or something weird. Yeah. I don't know. It, I find it annoying. Yeah, they're the worst. I, like, I just, like, I just let me be there. Yeah. And relax. Like, filling up with gas is already frustrating. Like, I'm already, I'm already frustrated. I'm hot as heck. <laughs> I've had to wait through two cars. <laughs> Who use gas at the diesel pump now? So I can officially you can understand. Be that, you can be that guy who's mad. I can now. understand that argument of like, there's other pumps for you. I can't use them. Why aren't you using that? <laughs> uh, that's not an. Ar- that's not. I know you have a diesel now, and it's probably annoying to you. But if the get, it's really not the people who pull up to the pump because they pull up to a pump that's available for them and easy to access, and no one thinks about. Diesel being there or not? No, if the gas station, if the gas station would care, they would make it diesel only, only pumps. Right. It's not the individual pulling up to the pump. It's the gas stations that you need to fight. That's true. Don't fight the don't fight the people. Fight the man. Yeah. I had one legitimately though, <laughs> the other day. I had one like 
cut in front of me to take up a diesel pump and it used gas. And there were gas ones open. I was that's, like, that's just a D-bag The move. only way I take a diesel pump, because I do think about this, because like my dad's always had a diesel, my brother always does. The only way I'll take one is if the other ones are full. Yeah. And then I'll and take that And I think that that's, one. I don't get as angry and upset mm-hmm. when all the other gas pumps are completely full. Right. If you're using a diesel pump at that point, I'm like, uh, okay, We're I understand. We're Yeah. But if all of them are open and you're taking up the diesel pump, then yeah. I'm getting a little irritated. I do get that. And then I did get cut off by a car. Well, if you get cut off, that's one thing. But honestly, I pull up to like the closest available pump. Be mindful of your diesel brethren. Mm. No. Mm-hmm. First, first come, first serve. <laughs> if you wanted that space, you could have arrived a minute before I arrived. That's true. Or fight the man, dude. And I would have waited for that spot to open up. Just go in there and be like, don't you know you should just make this Your diesel. timeline, if you were a minute there before me, you could have that pump. But if there's and other gasoline pumps open, you're still going to take up the diesel pump. Dang. Depends what's open. Say, okay. <laughs> Say, here's the gas pumps. Mm-hmm. You have... The gas pump here, standard gas. Left side. You have gas diesel pump. Right side. And you pull in this way. Both of them are open. You pull in this way. Are you going to go to the gas or are you going to go to the diesel? I never pay attention to a diesel versus gas so pump. So you don't even I, think about it. I don't even think about it. I pull into have a pump part, that's part that is the, most beneficial for me. Wait, that's so you, part you of it doesn't problem. even cross your mind? No. That's part of the problem. No. Either. Dang. And I think this is a gas station's fault. Landon's selfish and only thinks of himself. (laughs) (laughs) This is a gas station thing. Either all pumps should be gas and diesel, and then it doesn't matter, or they should make diesel-specific pumps. Now, can you fill up in the trucker part? You know, like the... the No, the nozzles are different. Okay, I know. The nozzles for like a... Like a true, like an 18-wheeler. Yeah, yeah, they're big. They're different nozzles. Gotcha. And it won't fit into a light-duty or what you consider a pickup truck. Right, diesel. In, or, yeah. Gotcha. Now, the diesel pump won't go into a gas pump. But a gas but pump a gas will, will go into the diesel. My dad ruined a King Ranch one time by pouring, I, <laughs> pouring gas to his diesel in accident. I am completely terrified of that being a possibility. Yeah, yeah. Just don't, don't. Just make sure the Like, at, at this point, I'm getting used to, like, oh, diesel, diesel, diesel. Mm. And it's something that I've always I've wanted diesels right. in the past. So I was kind of mindful of like the differences and like cordiality and stuff like this because I've wanted them. But it does make me nervous. Like if I let a friend borrow it, are they going to accidentally, they gonna accidentally yeah. put gas in it? Or if Cynthia takes the truck somewhere, is she going to accidentally put gasoline in it? I haven't run into it in insurance, but I wonder what the consequences are. I don't know. My dad, my dad siphoned it all out, filled it with diesel, ran it, and then he got freaked out. So he, and it was fine, you know. But then he took it to the uh, Ford dealer and had them check it just to make sure. While they were checking it, <laughs> he sold it for the Raptor. <laughs> he was like, Smart. I just, he was like, I just don't want to take the risk. He was like, I'm just done. No, there are. I, I don't know. I've never thought about it before in vehicles, but there are ways to like completely drain your fuel lines mm-hmm. and stuff. So I guess if you put in gasoline into a diesel or vice versa somehow. That's what you would do. I, that would be my first thing. Uh, yeah, especially if you realize it while you're pumping. Just be like, well, I'm got to tow it someplace and then drain it. And the reason why, the main reason why gas has a lower combustible, I believe it's 
or other way higher, other way higher combustible yeah, temperature. Yeah, so that's because that's the whole thing. Gas is firing. Uh, diesel is just pressure. Right. So it uh, that's why it burns out your engine and yeah, stuff. Well, there's, do diesels, there's others to, to it. but I do not know this. Do diesels have a spark plug? I have no idea. I don't either because I don't know if they have to light that to get the, the pressure. We can check. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on. We're not mechanics here. We're not mechanics. Uh, not mechanics no. I'm going to Terlingua. Leaving for Terlingua tomorrow. Dude, I just, I love it, man. I'm jealous. I love West Texas. What thing you're going to be excited about, uh, we rented a Jeep, we are renting a Jeep Gladiator Ooh. for a day, and we're going to go check out Big Bend in a yeah. Gladiator. Oh See, man, I'm the, torn on the Gladiators. I like the Gladiators. I well, think, you're a Jeep, you're Jeep through and through. Whereas I think we're like uh, Jeep Wranglers are cool, but oh no, I'm I'm like Jeep and then old Cherokees and old Wagoneers are cool. You know, yes. everything else they make is kind of okay, right? But the the Gladiator, I know it's like the Jeep front end. Mm-hmm. I guess they're using I don't know what chassis they're using in underneath the Gladiator. I, I want to say to be honest, I think it's new. I think it's like proprietary. You think they bought it or made it for specifically? I do. <laughs> Unless they're using the the Grand Cherokee, which they might be doing that, but the only thing is the Gladiator is uh, long. The, I think the Grand Cherokee's frame is too short. That's what they like, and it's it's a it's a good eighteen inches longer than the, what the Wrangler. I what I'm wondering is if they didn't bring back the chassis from the old Comanche that they used to build the yeah. truck mm-hmm. and utilize that, or the Apache yeah. utilize that, but I don't know. Um, but what I'm torn on the Gladiator is if it's stock. Like just off the lot and nothing done to it, I think it's the ugliest thing ever. But once you lift it up a little bit and yeah, put the a little bit tire, a good a tire and stuff tire on, on it, it, then I think it is an awesome looking. Yeah, vehicle. It, I I would agree. Right off the lot, it's kind of like it's a little cheesy looking, right? A little corny, but just a couple of basic upgrades and it looks great. It know? looks like Frankenstein's monster off of off, off of the, the lot. lot. Yeah, because it's like. It looks like something's missing. It's like the, the the wheels don't match the body because the body is so long and off the lot the wheels are so small and it has like a huge gap between the wheel and the mm-hmm. and the. And I wonder, with the Gladiator having such a longer wheelbase, mm-hmm. I mean, you lose the what the makes a Jeep, what makes a Jeep like a great off-road vehicle is the fact that it's a short wheelbase, so you don't hardly ever get it truly high-centered. Right. Whereas in the Gladiator, it is a mid-size, almost truck frame, so you do have that opportunity. So I wonder how well it actually performs doing mm. off-road duties. Mm. Yeah. So, so you guys are renting one. Renting one for a day. Doing Big Ben. Oh, Big Ben in a Jeep is great. Yeah. Uh, Black Gap in a rental, I wouldn't necessarily hit, but everything else I think I'd be fine in. So no Black Gap. Black Gap is like the hardest trail in Big Ben. Uh, my old JK did it. No problem. We uh, didn't bottom out, but we kind of scraped the bottom a couple times. Um, and there's one part that's pretty narrow, and there's like a drop that I don't think, like you were saying, the Gladiator with that longer thing, it probably would make it, but I'd be worried about that tail end hitting it again. Gotcha. I don't know if Do you think that same. could make it? Uh, probably not Black Gap. Because like that, that's wider than my JK. It's a narrow trail. Yeah, it's narrow. Um, and there's only one part that's narrow. The rest of it's pretty open, and you have some steep inclines and stuff. But all the other trails, you guys should have no problem. Okay. And they're still fun. Cool. Yeah, we're excited. And then we're doing a – well, we're staying in the domes, which is yeah. cool in and of itself. 
and then which I was on the website today. I was like, oh, I wonder what the availability is. No availability in the domes until like July of next year, and it, then it's sporadic. Really? Like you can't get a weekend. Yeah. It might be like one or two nights in a row, but in the middle of the week. That's cool. Because um, we booked it like a year ago. Um, yeah. And then uh, we're going to do a plane flight over the National Park and the State Park. No way. Mm-hmm. That's plane awesome. or helicopter? Plane. See, I think I would have gone helicopter. I don't think helicopter was an option. <laughs> I don't think you did your homework. <laughs> That's no, cool. No, apparently the the we're staying at Base Camp Terlingua is a place where we're staying, and they sent us out this like PDF with like all the you know tour companies and everything. And there was a Rio Aviation, this guy named Marcos, who apparently is a local legend, is what they said in the document. And uh, so we're like, oh, I'll call him. His prices were reasonable for a flight. I was thinking like, oh, it's gonna be like a thousand dollars. Yeah. And no, it's like four hundred bucks for an okay. hour and a half for me and McKenna. That's not bad. And uh, it's just us in the plane. That's great. So. That's cool. Trilingua has a whole bunch of history, too. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. And then other than that, we're just going to Yeah, gonna there's a ghost town and everything over there. Yeah. Ghost town. But then also, like, when they were, when they were mining in the Big Bend area, like, Trilingua was, like, the main place that would actually try to get everything, too, and then send it off from there. So, it's a cool little town. Yeah, I'm excited. We're going to have a good time. Yeah. Leaving tomorrow morning. Seven hours. Seven and a half. Uh, six and a half is what, okay. what Google says. Yeah. Again, though, kind of like what Cliff was saying, every fill up oppor- with gas. Yep. Every opportunity you get to fill up with gas, fill up with gas before you even get there. Yeah. Start doing that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Because there's a long stretch of road, like a hundred miles, before you get into Big Bend that yep. does not have a gas station. Right. And there's a gas station in Big Bend that's like fifty cents more than normal, yeah. but it's still worth it. Also, let your credit card companies know you are going there because. We lost cell service. We go to this gas station in the middle of nowhere, 10 o'clock at night. I'm trying to use my card, and it's not working because my company, my bank, thought that somebody had taken my card and was running. And so we didn't have any service at all. We Luckily, we're like, I'm like, we got to find another gas station. So we get in. We start driving. I get one text that comes through that's like, respond yes if this is you. And I was like, oh, thank you. So we went back and filled up, but... Let your credit card companies know you're okay. going out there. Speaking of, I got a fraud alert today, and they have to close my card. What? And resubmit a new one. Yep. Someone tried to charge $1,400 at Microsoft today. Oh, this is just not our week, guys. Buying a couple of Xboxes? I got to tell y'all, this no is just idea. not our week with they my whole it. license debacle and Cliff's credit card fraud. and That happened years ago. But uh, still, hey, guy, you know, you got to think about it. You went to a Rangers game? I did. How'd How was it? Rangers right. lost. Rangers did lose. They lose every day. But <laughs> I will, I, I will st- still <laughs> say. Sorry, I know we're a Texas podcast. Most people are Rangers fans, but this is not your year. I will say though, it, I mean, there was way more orange in the stands than any uh, anything else. No, Who did they play? Astros. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, Rangers might be the one that traditionally Texans root for. But I think that that's changed with the Astros winning the World Series. Even with now, the cheating debacle, they're still they're yes, still there are numbers. still fans. Yeah, that's because when I when I saw the Giants play there, but that was the big thing was everyone like the Astros would oh you saw it da 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 the yeah. whole time and everything was Astros cheat yeah. the entire time. Oh yeah, and then people started trying to get in fights and stuff. But I will say, after being at I've been to an Astros game. Mm-hmm. I've been 
in Houston, so I've been to Minute Maid. Mm-hmm. I've been to Globe Life now. Mm-hmm. I've done the Braves. I've done the Nationals. I've done a couple other stadiums. Globe Life Field, so the Rangers Their new ballpark. That is a year old, yes. Has the highest concessions prices out of anywhere yes. I've ever been. Well, because they got to pay for that new stadium. I got. However, what did you think of the stadium, though? It's nice. It's no. It's it's the exact same almost as Minute Maid. I would say yeah, just like updated. Yes. Yeah, updated. It's a little bit bigger. You feel like it's kind of like a mall mixed with the ballpark. Um, however, I don't feel like it has the same feel as like going to like some of the other stadiums. No. But, uh, I kind of regret not ever being able to have gone to the old Rangers. The old field. Ranger Stadium was more unique than this one. It was nice. Now, this one you was very the whole day, but this one was very run. What I think because it's still built, they still run the lights and everything. I don't know if they're going to use it as practice field. I don't know if they're using it as office. If I'm not mistaken, space. they are. Um, they're doing like tours and stuff there and then they are planning on knocking it down and building a uh, parking garage I wouldn't do that yeah I don't want it either but I think that's in the plans I think what they should do is run both stadiums and divide it up if it's going to be a hot day middle of summer do it in the new one if it's going to be a traditional nighttime game they don't ask you Cliff. No, they don't. But that's what <laughs> I would do. That, that does not that sound is a like financially a, yeah. awful. This is, but you know what? Um, but you see the hotel that's connected to it, the low, the big silver. Oh, I don't. I, I did see a big silver building, but I don't recognize it as a hotel. That's cool. That's the hotel we stayed at when we went. Uh, it's all baseball themed, anything, and literally. You go down the elevator, you walk out the door, and then you walk into the stadium. All I know is I bought a drink and a bottle of water. And it was $30. Yeah, I think. It I, was $30 yeah, no, for a drink and a bottle of water. My mom and I got we got two hot dogs. I got a beer. And we got two bottles of water. And I think I paid like $50 for it. And then we might have got like a bag of peanuts. And it was like $50. I'll be sneaking food in. <laughs> oh, they get you. Uh, I, I got a fun Rangers fun. story. I took, uh, before I went to college, I took Carson. I will, to say, though, I will say, though, though, I'm still a Braves fan. Always going to be a Brace fan. Okay. When I, before I went to college, I took Carson to a to a Rangers game. Uh huh. And like y'all know, big Carson, but li- little, li- Carson. little little guy Carson, and uh, he's still pretty little. <laughs> uh, funny story. We made it on like the big screen. The camera guy was like like right by us, so we were like we getting his. He put us on the big screen. Yes, and I had a guy. No, <laughs> I had a guy, a friend at the game. He's like, hey. I saw you guys on the big screen. Are y'all here? We're like, yeah, we're here. So we actually ended up meeting meeting up with him after the game. That's cool. Yeah. Cool story, Landon. Yeah, that's it. Did you find twenty dollars? Because that would make it more interesting. I found, <laughs> oh, wow. I found five dollars, wow. and in thirty days, it's mine. So that's exciting. Wow. More yeah. interesting than your <laughs> plan. Your plans for splitting the team between two stadiums. That is a discussion, <laughs> not a story. <laughs> Guys, let's go get into the 80s today. Let's play at the old stadium. Yeah, the new stadium. <laughs> All right. So. You can't uh, tell me they ain't got enough money. That stadium was paid for. And they also are like, the stadiums are back to back too. Yeah. Like, there's like a street that separates them. All right. Let's get in some articles. All right. They're still running utilities. What's the to first it? article? I'll go first. I'm going to say this would probably be neat things in nature. Oh. Neat stories. 
Kind of. It doesn't fit a good category, but we'll just say neat things in nature. Okay, well, we're on nature. Okay, so this story cracked me up. I thought it was awesome. So, uh, family has a deer lease. Girls are not allowed at the deer lease. Okay. So, the daughter grew up with the father and the, her two brothers going to this deer lease, hunting. It's a family deal. They shoot a deer. And the daughter They'd was allowed home. to go? The daughter was not allowed to go. Okay. The daughter was not allowed to go. They would bring the deer back, and she would help process it. She was part of the whole process, but she was never allowed to go to deer camp. Mm-hmm. It was boys only. Okay. So... Uh, now that she's older, she has a boyfriend. They were like kind of interested in getting into hunting. So they go through the process. Um, uh, they're in the Midwest. I think Missouri is where this took place. And, you know, she always grew up around hunting, but was never allowed to hunt. Her boyfriend was interested. They go through the process, do their hunter safety, get their hunting license, go through the whole deal, find a nice little plot of public land to hunt. And... They put in, she's going like every day after work hunting. This is her first season hunting. Dang. And uh, she's going every day after work. It's cold. It's like 10 degrees. She's getting out there, getting after it. And she shoots a deer that scores like 30 points higher than any of the deer that the boys have shot Uh at boys camp. That's, That's great. And man, I just I read this whole story. It's pretty. It's actually pretty long because they talk about the whole hunt and everything. But she talks about how uh, her dad shot a deer that scored one eighty one, and that her scored over two hundred. Wow, um, a really nice deer that she shot on public land. And uh, I think she is. She talks about how she you know proving to her brothers and her dad that she can hunt. And so, did they extend the invitation? Uh, the story actually did not say whether they did or did not Aww. extend the in- invitation. But I thought this was a great story of proving them wrong. Yep. And a little, uh, yeah, I'm just going to say proving them wrong. I would right. like to know the reasonings behind saying no girls at deer camp. Well. Because if it's just. Well, look, we're all reasonable people. But I can imagine people. that there are guys out there who have a no no girls at deer camp rule. Right, it's not that far from me to I imagine. can't imagine that if I had a daughter and she was interested in hunting, telling her, no, you can't come because it's boys only. Right. And then bring a deer home and expect her to help process and make sauce. I mean, yeah, that, that's a little messed up. But I can understand, as someone who enjoys having guy time and my guy friend's time, I could understand the reasoning of saying this is a guy's like weekend only never taking her out there is a different right. little bit different a, a guy's weekend is or a girl's different weekend is different than, than no than girls allowed even at though camp. we own this property or we have this lease you are never allowed to go hunt there and everybody else is that's different i mean it's their family tradition it's not for me to say you know people always throw around traditions traditions can change uh, you make new traditions left and right. Yeah, I, I just, <laughs> I just can't get on board. It, it, like, like if it's us friends and we're like guys weekend, I get it. But again, if my daughter was going hunting, 
One is like, I want to go hunting. I would absolutely 100%. Like, there's no, no. no. I would take my coming. daughter out hunting with me. No, no, There's no doubt in my mind. If she wanted to go, I would take her. And right. then the expectation that they bring deer home and she has to process it, even though she didn't get to take part. Well, I think that's half, half the fun, so I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she put in the work. And it sounds like it. Sounds like she was like, very motivated. Yeah, like I would be very motivated if I was in her shoes, especially to get a score better than anybody else in her family. Like that's the kind of is it the best part? You know, Cliff stewing. Cliff is stewing. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, you're you're stewing. What are you stewing on? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Yeah, I'm literally not stewing. I'm just okay. sitting here. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's my story. I like it. That was, uh, I found that article, if anyone is interested in reading the whole thing, it's very interesting, uh, was from Outdoor Life. I like it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, Cliff, you're up. It's so nice out there, out there in the Mexican markets where chili stretch in the sun, high in the mountain air between backcountry skis and kids doing the first snowplow, or next to the pool after a long day of forgetting what day it is. We're all here to get out there and come home more us than the us that went away. And when you save on travel as an Expedia member, you can travel even more. It's so nice out there. So let's go. Expedia. Made to travel. Terms apply. See site for details. This year's NBA playoffs are going to feature a lot of great rookies. And FanDuel wants you to be one of them. Make your debut on FanDuel Sportsbook with promo code ROOKIE and your first bet is risk-free up to 1000 bucks. So you can bet the point spread, grab the money line, or build a same-game parlay. And if you make a rookie mistake, FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in site credit so you can take another shot. Okay, this guy's got potential. Make every moment more with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Sign up and unlock your risk-free first bet up to $1,000. We're looking forward to seeing what you're made of. 21 plus in President Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. C4. So this story I've been seeing circulating around social medias and news cycles and stuff, uh, it kind of died down for a little bit, but then had a resurgence here in the past couple week or so mm -hmm. i was gonna say a couple of days but i guess it's been more like a week but uh you've may have seen uh that they found a deer in ohio that tested positive for covid19 according to national geographics uh about 40 percent of the deer pop 40 uh, percent of deer tested in this past year have tested positive for covid19 sars whatever SARS-CoV-2 also known as COVID-19 uh, they tested deer uh, samples from 600 samples from across Michigan Illinois New York Pennsylvania and other states uh, and discovered that 152 wild deer so about 40 percent of the deer tested from January through March 2021 had antibodies of COVID-19 wait how many percent how much 40 
40% had antibodies. Yes. Yeah, this is way bigger than the story I read a couple Whoa, months ago. Yeah, with got, like one or two. Yeah, I was like one or two, and then I got accused of, oh, that's not a peer-reviewed source. We shouldn't be talking about it. But they're saying the this presence means that deers likely encountered the virus and then fought it off. The animals don't appear to be sick. So they probably had asymptomatic infections. The agency says roughly 30 million white-tailed deer live in. Uh, that's not relevant to the story. The risk of animals, before people get whatever they feel on COVID, the risk of animals spreading COVID to people is considered low. Yeah. The USDA told National Geographic in a statement still that the results may suggest that the secondary reservoir of SARS-CoV-2 has been established in wildlife in the U.S. Yeah, because what, they, they tested the, the cats like the first couple of months when COVID was here. Well, they were testing dogs too and saying that dogs, right, dogs were getting had it. it. Yep, and then like the, the animals at the, the was it Central Park Zoo, they tested positive and stuff like that. Yeah. I just Still figured... Though. With that being, we're an outdoor podcast, and yeah. with that still dominating the media narrative for the past year and a yeah. half now, 14 days to flatten the curve. So, you know, don't puncture any of their lungs and breathe it in. Yeah, I don't I don't really <laughs> see how, I don't know. Did you guys ever I do that? No opinion. Did you guys ever do that experiment in seventh grade where your teachers brought in like pig lungs and you had to blow them up? No. Did you? No. Oh, we got to do that. Or we got to do that, not had to. You just did that at the barbecue restaurant. Yeah, I was like, bring those pig lungs. I'm blowing them. Well, thanks, Cliff. Yep. That was interesting. I, I would really, I really I would have never guessed 40%. Yeah, 40% was very interesting. I really have no opinion. If they're asymptomatic, I, I, I really don't know. I think that testing them for COVID is like, oh, let's do it. But I think when we, our conversations <laughs> about CWD are way more. I think the money could be more, better spent somewhere else I think right now. our conversations... <laughs> about CWD are a lot more important, especially if they're not seeing any consequences of COVID to deer. Yeah, I would I would definitely say CWD should be probably priority number the number one, one priority yeah, over yeah. COVID in yeah. the deer population. Absolutely. You don't think we should run out there stabbing everybody with Johnson & Johnson? I did see some. Uh, <laughs> I did see some memes of people saying like they were going to vaccinate the deer and all this other stuff. All right, yeah, so vaccinate them. They'll have a day of bad symptoms, and that's when all the hunters will take them <laughs> when they're low from their shot. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Zach, what do you got for us tonight? All right, guys, I do have a creature watch. I'm a hundred percent ready for the weather to break. Me too. I like today. I'm was tired the, of this. Yep. It's just. I want it to be cool. Well, whenever uh, our house is completed, we could probably start podcasting at my house. Uh, inside or in the Inside. Garage? That would be awesome. Are we going to do it in your studio? We could do it in my studio. It'd Ooh. be tight, tight space. It but would be. We'd be like all in. We could yeah, do it in the guest bedroom. Have, don't you have a, uh, I almost said a fondue, a futon? Two people sit on the futon, one person sit on the floor. There's no futon on there now. No, not anymore. Just two chairs. I feel like your far bedroom would be the best one. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. All right, guys. So and we I'm, don't have to deal with the beeping. Oh, true. I've, you know what? Knock on wood. Oh, yeah. it is going off bad yesterday. Oh, was it? Yes. Okay, never mind. Super annoying. Uh, all right, guys. Well, I'm bringing you the story of the Mokele Mbembe. 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 Mokele Mbembe. M-O-K-E-L-E dash M-B-E-M-B-E. 
That was a tongue twister in itself. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm going to call him Moki just for the, the fun, okay? So and uh, there is this creature, right? His name is the Moki, and it supposedly lives in the Congo River Basin, right? Uh, however, its name means one who stops the flow of rivers, right? So early, it's kind of known as a large quadrupedal herbivore uh, with smooth skin. It has a long neck like a brachiosaurus or an apatosaurus, or if you guys are familiar with uh, Land Before Time, Littlefoot or Bigfoot? No, Littlefoot. Littlefoot. The yeah. long neck. Yeah, Littlefoot. Uh, so this one has a long neck and a single tooth, sometimes said to be a horn. So people don't know if this thing is growing out is like a narwhal or a unicorn or just like, you know, like Uncle Billy with one tooth. Nobody really knows. <laughs> I found a fence for that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have an Uncle Billy with one tooth? No, but I have one tooth. Kendall has an Uncle Billy with one tooth. Does she? Yeah. I don't know. He, had, he probably has more than one tooth. But probably. Probably. <laughs> but There's the, pictures of me floating around with one tooth. Were you baby? No. This was like two years ago. You only have one tooth? Landon, you've seen this picture. What did you do? Did you put it like... I got, I I got my front tooth knocked out. Uh, oh, you're missing one tooth. Not yeah. only one tooth. had one tooth. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. I got you. Yeah, no, right. I remember that. So when would you guys say the uh, Moki was first found? 58. Okay. 57. Okay. It was actually in 1909. Yes. From a book <laughs> called Beasts and Men, which was the autobiography of a big game hunter called Carl Hagenbach. Or Hagenbeck. Have you guys heard of him? Mm-mm. So I've heard of Hagendoss. Hagendoss. Well, Hagendoss is made out of mochi. Uh, all right, guys. So apparently... No, that's called mocha flavor. Mocha flavored. <laughs> um, so the reason why this kind of took off in the 1900s is because Western culture was kind of having like a big dinosaur moment, right? They wanted to see dinosaurs where they really weren't. At the same time, there's this huge push from uh, like creationists, like young earth creationists, saying like we've got to find evidence that dinosaurs aren't billions of years old, right? That they're only a couple thousand years old. And so they go out on this huge search to try to prove that theory, that there is some sort of dinosaur-like creature still alive, which proves a young earth, right? So a paleontologist, Donald Prothero, said that the quest for Moki was uh, mainly to overthrow the theory of evolution and teaching the si- teaching of science by any means possible, right? So that was the main reason why people started looking for Moki. Let's see. So uh, many people claim that this animal is half elephant, half dragon, actually. So it's some sort of creature that's How do we over. get from Littlefoot to Dragons? half dragon, half elephant? I don't know. You know, it just, it's, it's fat... Dragon with one tooth or a horn. Or a horn. I feel like it's a rhinoceros. <laughs> they said it could be a large hippo, too, with a long neck, like a deformed hippo. Could be. <laughs> could be. Let's see. What else? So, okay, the reason why they say that it is, or they gave this name of Moki, whatever, that stands for one who stops the flow of rivers, is because a lot of times when those rivers would dry up and they would go into a drought, they wanted something to blame. Right, and so they would go up there and they would assume that some sort of large creature had gotten in the way of this river that was flowing that would stop the water from flowing into their their area, right? Instead of traditional dry seasons and traditional wet seasons. You know what? It's always nice to point the finger at somebody. 
Like so, you said, traditions can change. Traditions can <laughs> change. <laughs> exactly, Cliff. You're learning. <laughs> You're learning. Um, so, All their traditions, the entire continents <laughs> need to change. Right. Uh, now, there's been some sightings throughout the years, right? Uh, it's typically a brownish-gray color with smooth skin like that of an elephant. It's probably just an elephant putting its trunk up in the air. But, uh, you know, who knows? But also, it has a strong, muscular tail, kind of like an alligator, right? Uh, Canoes coming near it are said to be doomed. The animal will attack the vessels at once and kill the crews, but it does not eat the bodies, right? It just kind of knocks them to the river, maybe hits them with his tail, and then uh, keeps going about its day, right? Uh, There was actually a TV series called Congo that interviewed uh, several people from the area, uh, who actually showed them illustrations of the of Moki, right? And uh, but after scientists looked at it, they believe that it's just some sort of African rhinoceros. So from when they were found in that area. So yeah, now the story of Moki. Interesting. You know, it changed animals about twenty times. Yeah, I don't think they know what he wants to be, but maybe that is the animal, right? Maybe he's a shapeshifter. Maybe. Interesting. All right. So, I have an interesting conversation for us tonight. I think the listeners will find it interesting. And uh, we had a long conversation about this last week that did not get recorded. No. Uh, because we wanted to make sure everything was in order. Right, we, we weren't just spouting out false This might also be the first introduction of our new segment, which we do not have a sound clip uploaded for yet, but we, we have a sound clip. We teased it a couple, of years, or a couple of episodes ago. Imagine... A boxing introduction. Ding, ding. Cliff or Zach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to set the introduction with some information, and then we'll just have a conversation and go from there. Right. All right. So the whole reason this topic has come about is because a lion was killed by an American hunter in Zimbabwe. A lion uh, resembling or... Uh, as popular as Cecil the Lion, was killed in Zimbabwe. It has made a lot of news. This article I am reporting on, I'm bringing you two articles. Uh, These are very informational and to get the conversation going. Yep. Uh, The first is from the New York Post. Okay. um, Giving information about the actual lion that was killed. Um, one thing that I want to point out and make very clear before we get into the conversation is last week we were having this conversation. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, I had found a lot of news media outlets reporting on it, and I have found some other news media outlets reporting on the fact that the uh, it was being inappropriately reported on. Right. Or, you know, it's... It, it's a lot of animals' rights groups giving false information about They're what actually happened. They're sensationalizing it. sensationalizing yeah. it and giving false information about what actually happened. The interesting thing about this New York Post article is... I'll get into that right now. The interesting thing about the New York Post article is it is it comes across very much anti-hunting. Uh-huh. Um, I'll read you guys some quotes. But there is one thing in the article that's pointed out, and that's why I wanted to pick this article because it makes it... Very clear, I think, and obvious about what's going on. The first thing I'd like to quote is Kitty Block, President and CEO of Humane Society of the United States, said, 
The perverse pleasure some people derive from killing iconic animals brought this noble lion's life to a tragic end. Another trophy hunter spending tens of thousands of dollars on a globe-trotting, thrill-to-kill escapade shows humanity at its worst. It remains unclear if Mopain is the name of the lion, was intentionally lured to his death, or if he simply happened upon the bait. However, the regal beast was apparently known to cross boundaries as his territory shuttled both the park and a game preserve. Um, I think that's important to note that this lion traveled between, between the two. a place he that the he was safe and a place where he could be hunted. Right. Uh, the printed article that I pulled up does... N- I hate when this happens. I'm going to give a little bit of gripe. When I print these articles, sometimes it doesn't print everything because the ads... Oh yes, yeah, block like the print, like the advertisements, the pop-up ads. When I print it, they block the actual written words of the article. Oh, you can um, you can disable that. I forget how though. I'll learn about that later. So, um, regarding Mopain the lion, uh, this New York Post article was very much anti-hunting, right? Uh, as made clear by that uh, quote uh, I read earlier. Uh, But, buried at the bottom of the article, it says, it is unlikely the perpetrators will be brought to justice as the hunt was not illegal, according to Zimbabwe law. Online reports allege that Mopane was advertised as a trophy specimen via social media on December 5th of 2020. Basically, what they're saying there, it, it blows my mind that they say it's unlikely the perpetrators will be brought to justice as the hunt was not illegal. They are saying in this article that it was a legal hunt and they're still calling the people who were hunting perpetrators and that they are still calling for them to be brought to justice. What I don't understand and why I picked this article is because they make it clear that it was a legal hunt, but they're still calling for someone to be brought to justice. Right. I just don't think, and that brings, brings us to our conversation we had last week, was there's so much reporting on whether the reporting is true or not. Mm-hmm. And what I why I picked this article is because they point out in the article that it was a legal hunt. They don't know who the perpetrator was. They don't I say perpetrator. They don't know who the hunter was. Was there a gripping grin involved? Um not that I have seen or saw, although I didn't look into that too much. Because that's usually my issue. Depends on what it is. I think there's a tasteful way, and there's a. I'd agree, and I get say, ready to bleep. I think there's a tasteful way, and I think there's a head way right. to do it. And I also say there's certain animals that, even if it's legal, uh, I, I'd say you you have every right to take a grip and grin photo of your trophy in a tasteful way. I don't know. I just know that you're just asking for issues with certain ones. Like if you kill a big cat, if you kill an elephant, you know. Even though elephants, I don't think you can kill. They're usually darted, I think, which I think that's fine, you know, because most of the time they're darting them for scientific research. And this is where me and you are going to have the, you know, the ish, the differences. I, For me, trophy hunting, uh, if you're not going to eat the meat, I actually don't see the point. And I know that people say that conservation goes a long way in those small villages and stuff. However, I will also say the only people I've ever heard make that argument it's never really the people from those areas. You know what I mean? Well, okay. It's, before, always, it's before always we, the people who try to convince others that it's okay that they go. Before, you know? I mean, what argument one, do you One second, need one to second. Hear? Time out, time out, time out. Before we get into the actual cliff for Zach, I mm-hmm. have another article that I would like to point out. 
some information from, okay. and then you guys can get into it. Okay. So are you guys clear on the whole Mopane yeah. hunt? Yes. And we're all good. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just thought it was – I as far as that goes, I thought it was interesting that there was so much back and forth reporting on it and pointing out this may be true, this may not be true. I found a New York Post article that was anti-hunting that said that it was basically a legal hunt. All right. So this is from – the BBC. Okay. Uh, I did not print off the first page, but it was an opinion piece from the BBC that was a very uh, fair look okay. at trophy hunting in Africa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, this was written actually after the Cecil the Lion uh, incident happened in 2015. Okay. The media attention that followed to the Lion made it clear that many people are unaware of the realities of modern-day African hunting. You can legally hunt pretty much any African animal, including lion, leopard, elephant, buffalo, and hippo. If you do it by the book, then it's perfectly legal. Many have called for a blanket ban on trophy hunting. For some, there's a moral objection to the killing of animals for pleasure, which I would say that we even see in our deer hunting mm-hmm realm of things for others an understandable emotional response to images of hunters posing with their kills or concerns over conservation but calls for a blanket ban on trophy hunting fail to take into account the complex relationship between hunting and conservation and this is from the bbc mm-hmm. i just want to make sure mm-hmm. everyone's clear yeah no so it's I th- reputable i think it's very fair look right many sought after trophy animals such as kudu and impala are maintained in large numbers across south africa especially uh, across southern Africa, especially South Africa, within large fence privately owned reserves. The taking of trophy animals is in such reserves is of limited conservation concern, and the money generated helps to pay for the management that is required to keep the reserves in good condition. As consequence, South Africa seen large-scale recoveries in wildlife in the 20th century built around hunting, Trophy hunting of many species was and continues to be vital in funding this reversal and a blanket ban there is neither needed or desirable. So basically a quick recap that, again, this is something that we see here in the U.S., that hunters pay for the conservation of these animals in Africa that are endangered. Um, And as I'll get into here, uh, the... Bubai Valley Conservancy in Zimbabwe, for example, has more than 400 lions and one of the most important populations of rhinos still existence. The conservancy is funded entirely by hunting. According to the reserve manager, uh, a ban would be devastating. Africa has, uh, and I'll get into this here, um, problems are greatest when land is not stably owned and a tragedy of the commons when everyone harvests as much as they can for short-term game can result so what they're saying is uh basically africa has a a policy that um they are not funding conservation through their government conservation is fully funded basically by the people by the people who are hunting and also by the people who by tourism yeah The pro-hunting argument is simple. Hunting provides revenue that directly funds conservation. Anti-hunters often claim that this hunting-conservation link doesn't stand up to scrutiny. The problem in deciding whether hunting is beneficial or not is that both sides are right. 
The answer to that lies in the fact that Africa is not a single entity. Different countries and even regions within those countries have different histories, geography, politics, governance, infrastructure, economics. Um, in some regions, hunting is vital for conservation. In such regions, it pays, it stays, works, and a ban would be detrimental to wildlife. So basically, this is saying that Africa's it pays, it stays um, is their policy in which hunting is paying for conservation. Right. Um, that they are they are not going to be federally funded in any way for conservation of their wildlife. Um, in other regions, hunting could be replaced or at least supplemented by tourism. In still other regions, and certainly for some species, a ban on hunting could be a sensible move for conservation. A one-size-fits-all solution is not what is required. Whilst these activities can and do work in some places... We need to move away from the standard model of wildlife conservation in Africa, which has always been wildlife must pay its own way. Overall, the approach doesn't generate enough money, and consequently, we're seeing dramatic losses of wildlife numbers throughout a lot of Africa. Um, I don't think we should fool ourselves that it's all about trophy hunting. Lions, lions are threatened by habitat loss, habitat degradation, human activities that disperse and displace lions, and their prey species, far more lions are killed by cattle, herders defending their livestock and their families than by trophy hunters. Conservation is an extraordinary complex problem, but it is also one of the most significant problems we now face. The solution will not be found in knee-jerk responses driven by emotion and fueled by social media. Mm-hmm. All right, Cliff versus Zach. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. I, okay, let's just start off with this. What do you guys think about that article? I personally thought I that thought, it was a very fair look. Mm-hmm. I, um, I agree. And I when you said BBC, my immediate instinct was to kind of dismiss it as going to be anti-hunting. Well, and that's why I picked BBC is because I think the general term would be like if you're reading an article from the BBC, it would be anti-hunting. Um, and that's why I also picked this article from the New York Post, right. which is very much anti-hunting, but has a little nugget in there that the hunt was completely legal. Right. So I picked these sources specifically over others because I think they add legitimacy to our conversation. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, it was a good article choice. And so I just think the conversation is interesting. I think what all of the concerns that he's pointing out on both sides are very fair. Um, I think it's important in that the knee-jerk reaction is that people shouldn't hunt, but it's very obvious that in Africa, hunting pays for conservation, Mm -hmm. and there is probably a place for supplement with tourism, but not in all areas. And what I didn't get into this article because it's very long, and I only highlighted about a third of it. I I wouldn't say that tourism would supplement it as much as hunting provides Well, they even said, though, that it's not a one-size-fit-all, but there are some animals that might benefit from a ban on that animal or maybe in that area. And what I didn't read from this article that I will point out now is the fact that tourism generally happens closer to populated areas Mm -hmm. where people feel safe. Hunters are willing to go further out to unsafe areas to hunt. And so tourism only works in wildlife areas that are close to and have roads accessible to areas that are safe and close to major cities with transportation. Mm -hmm. So it, again, it's not a it's not a one size fits all. It's not a one size fits all. Yeah. Puzzle. I don't know. I I think a lot of it comes down to my philosophy. I hunt 
and I only kill things I know I'm going to eat. Like, that's my rule, even here in the States. Like, I kill things I know I'm going to eat. See, I'm a little bit more generous in my definition because I also do kill like varmint and predators. Right, whereas I don't. I will not kill a predator because I know I'm not going to eat it. And to be honest, like, my one deer a year is not thrown off the ecosystem where I feel like I have to balance it out by taking another predator. You know what I mean? I just don't feel a need to to do that. And that's me. And that's where my main issue with trophy hunting, especially, and also too. So just like, because tro- you don't like it and you don't do it, are you saying that other people who do like it shouldn't have the right to do it? Well, I also think, and it's probably a little bit of bias from me, or it is bias for me, but I also think that the people who do go over to hunt Africa are the elites, right? It's these people who they go over there, and to be honest, like... We they, can't afford an Africa right. hunt. And like, yes, they do use the talking point of, oh, no, this is for conservation, that's why I do it. But to be honest, they don't give two craps about conservation over there, right? They go over but there... But is that, is that your place to say? Is that Zach's place to uh, say... Write, the, write my last name down. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> is it your place to say that... Jeff Bezos, and I, I don't think that he right. would, but just pulling a, a rich guy name out. Right. Is it your place to say that he can't and shouldn't go do this thing? Yeah, because I think him You, going, you think it's your place to say that? I do. Yeah, yeah. But that's no, because why? we're people, right? Why, people. why is it your place to dictate what other people do with their life and well, how they see? Clearly, they're not going to do it, but I can have an opinion about it, right? You can have an opinion, right. but to say that you should be able to dictate that is not an opinion. If I had, You if, can have an opinion all you want, <laughs> right. but you cannot dictate to me, to Landon, to Jeff Bezos, to anyone else right. how to live their life if it's within a legal means. We do that every day. We follow the rules that some other dude made up for you. You wear a seatbelt every time you get in your car because somebody... No, told you that you have to wear a seatbelt, right? You stop at a red light because some dude dictated that's what you do for your life, right? We live in a world with rules every single day. What's the big deal about saying this is another rule we can add? Because why would we add it? What benefit does it that we have? And I would argue that the things that you pointed out, like a seatbelt law, right. is completely unconstitutional. Because what does right. what does me wearing a seatbelt or not in my truck do to the general population? No, your rights only extend as far as you go. Right. Once I reach out and touch you or something or infringe on your rights, that's where you have a right to come back at me. But inside my truck, that's my own domain. But you'll that still stop at a stoplight. I'll still stop at a stoplight, but that's a, different, that's a different scenario because if I don't stop at a stoplight, there's a greater chance of an accident happen to kill someone else. Right. Me wearing a seatbelt has a greater chance of killing me, right. not someone else. Right. And so it is not the government's position to say what I can and cannot do to my own body inside my truck. Well, okay. Oh, Let's, I like that. That's right. My body, my choice, right? I would go as far th- the difference though in that is that uh, that is being governmentally funded and that's where people have an issue on that topic uh-huh. it's not the fact that it's legal or whatever it's the fact that it is being governmentally funded and my tax dollars shouldn't go to that I don't think that's the main issue but mm, well, top all right. yes all right. it is alright so we're going to keep it on topic because Cliff vs. <laughs> Zach episode 1 has already gotten fiery <laughs> But okay, so, okay, but so I do, I, going back to specifically this issue, <laughs> right? If this line was killed over bait, 
It's wrong, right? What's the difference of killing it over a bait if it's legal and killing it over a deer feeder here in Texas? I'm going to eat the deer meat, right? People eat the f***ing lion meat. Do they really? Yes, they do. They send it and they give it to people in the village. If the people eat the lion meat, then it does They do. It, it does they change do. it, right? They, it the, does change it. The village eats the lion meat. Yeah, you're they right. Eat <laughs> other, they eat the other, any other meat. Also... In South Af- Africa alone, since he mentioned South Africa, and that's where the BBC article focused, mm. in South Africa alone, uh, trophy hunting and hunting in general contributes to about 341 million U.S. dollars to the South African economy. So nothing to snub your nose at. No, no, no. And 17,000 jobs okay. just through hunting. Okay. That's a huge economic benefit to the surrounding and area. Never, do not get me wrong. I'm not against hunting in Africa at all, right? But there is definitely something, right, that's weird about these animals we grew up looking at the zoo when people go over there and kill them and post them on Facebook, that's right? That's the anthropomorphication of for these sure. animals. For sure, right? It definitely is. But there's a reason why we all get pissed off when we find out somebody's eating dog, right? I think it's gross, but I don't think and that you it's... If you see I don't the videos get, of what people do to dogs over there to eat them, you get pissed off, right? Just like I do, just like everybody else does in America, right? I don't think it's my right. That's... It's <laughs> cool. not my right to tell someone else what they can and can't do. If someone in the Philippines, and I'm using this as an example because right. I have a firsthand story of someone while they were living in the Philippines, looking over a fence and eating a German Shepherd. Was it a German Shepherd or a Golden Retriever? But eating a dog, mm-hmm. a pet dog, something that we would see as like, yeah, that's a, right. that's a pet. Right. Killing it and eating it for food. Mm-hmm. Now there, it's no it's big part of deal. Their culture. Right. And you go to places like Venezuela, right. the socialist paradise that it is, right. and people are having to eat stray dogs and stuff like this because there's not food and there have been news story documentations Mm -hmm. of this happening why it's not my place to say what other people's situation is if people in the philippines want to eat dog Mm -hmm. that's their prerogative it's not my place to say they can't eat dog but you still have an opinion about it I can still have an opinion, but I can't, had, I can't dictate it. If you had your choice, would you make sure that you couldn't eat dog again? It's not my opinion. It's not my place to say that they can't. Right, right. But do you think it would make the world a better place if they, didn't, if they couldn't eat dog? It's not my place. It affects, I'm not, I'm it not affects, saying it's your place not. I'm just saying, do you it think— It affects me 0% but do you for think, someone in the Philippines to eat their pet. All right. But if we did everything based on just if it affects me or not, right, a lot of things wouldn't happen. A lot of good out there in the world wouldn't happen. If we just did things that affect me, then a lot of good things out there wouldn't happen. Like, kids would starve if the only thing people thought about was themselves 100% of the time. No, I think there is a philanthropic philanthropic position that people have to take to better other people's situation. But if they can't do anything, it's not my position in this life to tell someone in the Philippines, and mm-hmm. again, I'm just using that as an example. Right, right. I just want to make that clear. I'm not like broad brushing yes, yes. like people saying the Chinese restaurant or right, whatever. Right. I have a firsthand example right. of this happening, so I'm using it. It's not my position to it's say not. that they can't. But do you think it's right or wrong? I personally would never eat okay, dog. so you think it's wrong? <laughs> 
in so many words. You're trying to get me to say something that I don't feel. <laughs> yeah, because well, because you don't want to agree with me. You know that eating dog is wrong, right? In America, yes, cultures for are different. For me, cultures, for me, Cliff. I guess right name. that. <laughs> take out his Cliff's last name. For me, yeah. it is wrong for me to eat a dog. Yes. Or a monkey. Right. Those are my, have always been like the two things that I'm like, no, I'm going to stay away from. Right. But it is not my position to say, Zach, if you wanted to go eat a dog, I know you don't. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to go eat a dog, it's not my position to say you cannot go eat that dog. Right. It's also not my position to tell, again, using Jeff Bezos because that's the name, uh -huh. that he cannot go hunt Africa for a lion for a legalized hunt. It is not my position to tell him he cannot do that. Right. Especially when it is providing a good in the economy there right. and providing food for villages. Now, okay, one person, right? Your opinion by alone, yeah, you don't have the right. Collectively, though, do people have the right to dictate what other people can do? No, I think that there's an extreme over overreach in a lot of what we do. Okay. And a and lot so, And I think that's a lot of it, that's what it comes down to, right? Is I mean, you have these philosophical differences that we think about the world as different places, right? Like, you're very much like, it is my way, like, I do what I want, and that is it. Whereas me, I think, I try to at least think of a collective good, right? What's best for the most people? You're painting me as to be an asshole when you say that, though. And okay, I, no, no, I, 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 I disagree mean, I with that. I mean do that at all. Because I see it as the individual has the most rights, mm -hmm. and that that individual has the right to take care of themselves, then to take care of their family, mm -hmm. to take care of their friends, to take care of their immediate community, their neighbors, and then to take care of the greater community. Right. Whereas I think that you see it as more of these people can't take care of themselves, so it has to be pushed down from a governmental level mm -hmm. in order to create these goods. Whereas I think that more people doing something that is, for lack of a better term, self-serving mm -hmm. or providing for themselves will automatically bring their standards up and thus will not have the need for the governmental interference on yeah, things. Yeah, and I can see that. I, I, I definitely see that point. I think, I think where... But we've been trying that experiment for a while and it hasn't worked. You know but other mean? countries have tried your experiment for a while and it's not worked. Right, but some have, right? Mm. And some have done capitalism well too. Not the way we do it, but... And the, we're, great. we're getting that, off topic again. We're, we're getting, getting off, off topic. topic okay, as the moderator... We're getting off topic from Mopan. Yeah, Mopar. from the line. Okay, we're getting off topic. All right. So we broke our no politics rule, and we, we have been slaying politics. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So, what I believe is, if the line was baited out of the reserve where he was safe, then it's an issue. I also believe if the people who run that reserve. If they are upset by it being their culture, they have every right to be. And I would side with them over the hunting group because the hunting group is going to, in this instance, if they're within the law, right, they're going to give the talking points that make it sound like everything was fine and dandy, right? But if the lion was baited off, right, in any means, then it was wrong, right? I know you say, like, well, what about deer, right? I do think it is different. And I, the reason why I think it's different is because it is a dude with a lot of money going over there just doing to get his rocks off, right? Like, that's the main reason why he's going but over there. But some people save up 
to do that too. They do. Someone in our friend group has even mentioned, I would really like to do an African hunt. I'm going to save up and do it. And I think nothing's wrong with like an antelope hunt. Like a lot of the cervids and stuff that we do here, the same things. They're fine over there, right? Like, I think that can be just as exhilarating. I definitely think that emotions get involved when you start talking about big cats, right? Because they're close. And same thing. And with I also hunting. think, uh, you know, another thing I've been reading up on in this article I like to point out is that some of these animals are on the endangered species list. Right. And they are also legal to hunt. And I think that draws a, you know, a fiery crowd when it comes to you hear about an animal on an endangered species list being hunted should that animal be hunted. I think that is an interesting conversation to think about. And that also it's in, in a big point in a lot of these articles I was looking at is that these animals that are on the endangered species list, it's legal for people to bring them back here, uh, which we can't even like take wildlife across state lines legally. Yeah. Well, they've stopped some importation of some trophy artifacts from these big game hunts importing it into the United States. But I would defer to the local legislation on what is legal as far as these animals being on the endangered species list and still being hunted. I would defer to them because they're the ones who are boots on the ground, seeing it day in, day out, knowing how many from the area can be taken and what's the best means, such as is it an older lion who's no longer going to be mating to produce other lions? That one probably needs to come out because all it's doing is eating up resources for the other lions once it reaches a certain age. And I would say that would be prime time to take him out and I, I and would, if you can get seventeen thousand dollars plus for it, I would say that Cliff's point is an interesting one that's not talked about in the terms of trophy hunting, and that you know hunters only want to kill the biggest animal. Right. I mean, I would say that all we all agree we're out hunting, we see three deer. The most interesting one to all of us is the biggest deer, the right. biggest bucket. Yeah, There's three bucks. For sure, absolutely. I think an interesting thing to talk about and something that is taken into consideration, what I've been researching into is Texas bighorn sheep hunting is that they are giving tags to the oldest males Mm -hmm. because they um, may not be able to reproduce, but they're super, you know, they want to fight with the younger males and it brings up this problem of they are keeping the females from the reproducing males. And I think that saying trophy hunting, just because you kill an animal that has a larger set of horns or antlers or is bigger is not a good argument when it comes to conservation because in a lot of instances, state wildlife agencies want you to take the older, more mature, larger wrecked animal because it doesn't help conservation. But also, and I think this is a conversation we could probably research and talk about at a separate time as well. Hunters, like, hunters' numbers aren't growing, right? And right now, we, our conservation mindset is, we are a conservation mindset for the hunter, right? We can, we 
get populations to the right number to counteract the number of hunters that are going to be there, right? But eventually, the hunters are going to drop down. And there's going to be such a small amount, right? What's going to happen to these populations when we are conserving and our main effort is to keep them up for the hunters when there's not the hunters to take care of them, right? Should we be... But there's always... You can't say that hunting right now, as the law is set up, hunting will never drop down to zero. It won't. No, no, no. And that's all I'm saying. So all they'll do is increase bag limits. Right. But should... But do we need... But like, I guess that's my point, right? Should we be focusing on conservation to get it to a point where it was, you know, 500 years ago, 800 years ago, or thousands of years ago, whatever you want to say, when the populations took care of themselves, right? I don't, but I don't you think... Can't, you can't I, let, give, wait, let me, I don't give, me a, give me a second. Give me yeah. a second. I'm going to butt in here. I don't think that that is a sustainable argument from the sense of, and we talk about this with fish and Guadalupe bass and everything else, mm-hmm. is that the problem is habitat loss and they even mention right, it here sure. with lions is habitat loss as we have a growing population of mm-hmm. people um that is our biggest is, right. is our biggest issue it's a bigger issue than hunting right it's than, a bigger, than the trophy hunting. it's a it's a bigger issue but than hunting's hunting. the ones funding habitat restoration and creating new areas for these animals to go to. Right, and hunting's funny because what, that's where the laws are, right? But, I mean, like, if hunting wasn't around, they'd, they'd put a new law in place that would fund it with other things, right? Like, with backpack sales or hiking boot sales, right? Which arguably probably could fund it just the No, they I should. Would, There's I been a lot of articles. I would argue lately. that they need to put those in place no, because no, they are utilizing the resource, right. and right now it is solely on hunting to do so. And I don't know a lot of people and who do that. I, and range shooters. Guys that don't yeah. even hunt, guys right. that just shoot at the range, right. are a big contributor, contributor yeah. to conservation, right. even if they never hunt. Right. But back to your argument of saying these laws that have been placed for five, six hundred, eight hundred thousand years, the North American wildlife model of conservation has only been around since like the 20s and 30s. Oh, I know. So it's not even, I mean, it's been around maybe a hundred years, and it's been the most successful of all time of all the world. No, I wasn't saying lost five hundred years ago. You know that, right? Of bringing back these animals that were. How many times have we sat here and said conservation success stories of almost zero ducks to a plethora of ducks, almost right. zero white-tailed deer to a plethora of white-tailed deer, of zero black bass to taking up every lake no, no, in the continental sure. U.S. Right, right. It's been. But astronomically right, right. But successful. Those, but those the reasons why most of those animals were even on that list to begin with were because of overhunting. Because be- of market hunting. Before regulation. Which is not right. Right. We, or, same thing, like most of the endangered birds but, now are there because people took them and put them on hats. You know, it wasn't because of hunting. Right. You know? uh, and so I guess people is what it comes down to, right? People yeah. killing them for whatever reason. Well, killing right. it for market and goods. Right, 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 right. That's not, that's besides hunting. Right. So I don't get where your argument lays like, in this. So like ideally, right, populations, and this is obviously in a hypothetical world, popu- human populations are growing, or if we do, we grow up, right, that we do not infringe anymore on wildlife or habitat than we absolutely have to, right? And with that comes that the habitats before people really had an impact on it, right? Habitats were fine, right? They were flourishing. They had a perfect ecosystem that worked, right? There was a perfect number right, of predators. Right, but where I live, balance out. Where I live is the real world, 
people are still going to expand right. outward. We see that every day. No, I know. There's, I'm, I mean, you drive right up 35. And it's going. And yeah, San Antonio, trees, city. Trees San Antonio and Austin are pretty much connected. connected. Right. Now, why we're clearly going to keep on expanding outward. Right. Because building outward is more financially and economically beneficial than building upwards. So maybe, and uh, this is like food for thought, as conservationists, that is the issue, right? If habitat loss and that is the main issue that is facing our animals, right? Because I agree with your point. It, the more, every time I drive out to Blanco, I see less and less trees, right? Like considerably amount, right? It is changing, but it can't go that way forever, right? Because eventually there'll be no more trees to cut down, right? Right. So maybe that's our next, like maybe that is where the fight is, right? Is habitat loss or what's happening. I think that's I, what most that's, conservationists are I think are that's what is, most conservationists give into. Mm-hmm. I think that's what most conservation dollars go to. You look at organizations like Ducks Unlimited, uh-huh. the National Deer Association, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, BHA, all these other places. They go f- to their little niches, mm-hmm. but it is for habitat restoration right. as a big, broad banter mm-hmm. of things, or at least that's what they're claiming. Right. Some, I think, do way better than others, right. but they are all claiming that it is for some sort of habitat restoration. And those are those organizations are hunter driven organizations. Mm-hmm. You don't see PETA no. giving in to for habitat rest- restoration. Right. You see PETA putting their money into marketing campaigns to get people to stop eating chickens or putting up billboards for crabs saying that. Right, it's, right, right. And I don't mean, and I, there's no sympathy for Peter for me. And that's not my point, right? You guys know I hunt. I'm a meat eater, right? Like, that's not my point. With, But I'm saying with there, there's a truth somewhere in the middle, but I do think that that truth leans more towards the fact that hunters are the main drivers of conservation right. in North America and across the world right now. I think, and for me, I guess it's just I'm more of an idealist, Right. When it comes to a lot of things. And I, if the main reason why we're killing lions, right? If the main reason is because, oh, well, we, we have to fund the conservation and that's how we can fund it, right? I wish that wasn't the case. I wish we could find another way to funnel that money into those areas, right? Without a lion, especially a mature lion, right? And I know it's old, doesn't contribute, whatever, right? But it's, it's fine, right? Without that lion having to die. Well, that's then, my thing. That's well, what I wish for. It probably will never happen, right? But well, I can I can hope that happens. These older two, animals, two, these, two, two things to point out on on what you just said. Number one, you know Africa's rules on what what did I call? It? I don't want to look through the article again. Uh, where, you know, conservation is funded by hunters only. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not helping out their resource. That is an Africa, you know, that is a thing that Africa would have to, you know, change. And I think along with that, if people don't want hunters to kill lions, instead of crying on social media and then all these news agencies reporting on it and just making a big deal about it, they can put 
their wallet where their mouth is. Right. But that's the society that we live in. Is no, vote, I, yeah, it's, it's virtue no, signaling a means tweet, way a, more a than tweet is free. action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I no, I agree. But that to to kind of find a middle ground. Right. Because that's what I like. I, I kind of like to find the middle ground is I can understand what Zach's saying. My my point right now is hunters are funding the conservation of these animals in Africa. Right. I can understand where Zach's coming from if there was another way to fund it, there's currently not. And if these people that are crying about it, if they want to do something, they can put their wallet where their mouth is and they can come up with the money. Right. But as it sits right now, hunters are paying for the conservation of endangered species in Africa. And until something changes, this is the best route so, I see. Right? And that's where Cliff, I, think, I completely agree with everything you've said, like as far as that goes to like, I agree with you, Right. It does have to happen. And to be honest, I didn't know the thing about the villages actually eating the meat. If they eat everything that's killed, then that's great, right? They are getting a meal out of it, which is cool, right? Yeah, because you can't, as an American hunter, and I'm using that just because that's where we right, are. Right. As an American hunter, I think you only even get like one meal of it. Like you you get very little right. of the meat that you get... Yeah, and so that's that's good to know, and we are funding it, right? And it is putting a lot of money over there, and maybe you know a little bit. But of I would like, say where my middle ground lays is if there's another way to fund it, why not do both? Yeah, that's going to be more money well, going in. Anyway. For me, though, my thing is like fund it the other way. That way, the lion doesn't have to die, right? Because I do, I I am an emotional person as well. Like I'm that's not, part of it. I, I have, right. I have. This might be my cold heartedness towards it. I don't know. Whatever you want to call me, but I have zero percent sympathy for that lion dying yeah. or not. That lion's if it's done in an ethical manner of legality, mm-hmm. then I have no quorum with it. Right. And I think a big a big thing too to to think about is this lion, Mo Payne and Cecil the Lion, as an individual, I think the conservationist does not care about right. the specific individual. They care about the species the as a whole. As right. a whole and so whereas, it is helping the whole group. Whereas, you know, people crying on social media and making a big deal about this, they are crying about one individual lion. And I think we'll all agree that if a lion is hunted illegally, that is wrong. And right. we are all yeah. 100% For sure. against it. But the legal taking of a lion surrounded by our entire conversation so far, you know, right right now it is. Yeah, really legally is there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing wrong, right? If it it sounds- just frustrates me when I, when I was researching this article and finding so many articles. Like even the, I'm just going to read Well, like they can't time. call for anybody's, you know, whatever because everything happened legally, you know. Yeah, even the way that they were wording this article and then however i would say when uh, when i googled for the same story there's that the articles are weird about this there's nothing that seems like just super straightforward about it you know what i mean cuz it's an emotionally driven story yeah well but you would think there would even be like somebody would be picking this up and carrying it on nah, a i think i think normal minded people who have nothing to do with hunting mm-hmm. and i'm using and most normal. people just kind of hands off about it anyway and, yeah. and i think that's like joe blow say mm-hmm. Your mom, my mom, Landon's mom, whoever, the average person is not going to care. They're going to see it. They might say, oh, that's sad because they're only getting the side of it that's reporting it, which Mm -hmm. is more emotionally driven. 
thinking that it was poached well, or something like that. New York Post gets money on advertising dollars based on how many people click, click on, on this it. article right. based on a headline that reads, another Cecil, majestic lion, allegedly killed by American hunter, gets people to click on the story, and then you have to read all the way to the bottom. To see that it was legally taken. To, to see this. Bury the lead. To see where it says, it is unlikely the perpetrators will be brought to justice as the hunt was not illegal. I like how, again, that they are saying perpetrators making it sound like it was an illegal hunt and that the hunt was not legal using, you know, kind of a double negative to, again, to hide the fact that, you know. But that's the, I mean, not to do the politics side of things, but that's the mainstream media MO right there. Well, they're just, they're just getting. In, no the matter inflama- what side, I, I think both sides do it, mm-hmm. but no, they in, do. in the inflammatory title to get clicks. Well, no, because we, people- we have a consumer based media, like, whereas it doesn't matter what, how true the story is. It just matters how many people look at it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, because so. advertising dollars pay the network and the network's making their money. Right. By- exactly. And to be honest, like, yeah, full news, full day news cycle is what ruined media and news and journalism. I'll go on the record saying that. I think that has a part to it, but I think it was already going downhill. Well, l- okay, we're going to stop there. So, <laughs> is there? I don't want to get. I don't want to get in. I don't want to get in anything. I want to focus on the article that we've already gone off topic a lot. Uh, is there anything else that has not been said that you guys would like to talk about regarding Africa hunting? Nope. I'm all for it. I would say if you're interested in it, look it up. Look into it. Learn, actually learn about it. Don't just say, because this news story is saying that majestic, another Cecil Majestic line was killed. Don't take it for face value. Dig into it. See how much of the meat was given. See how much it was for. Understand that that went to providing jobs to these communities. And it's not like it's a first world country, so jobs are actually kind of hard to come by. Right. So any job there is a blessing. And it's funny the conservation of right. endangered species. Right. Right. And how uh, now I'm just starting a whole new tangent, but because I'm talking about the shark fin trade thing and like just because something's legal doesn't necessarily mean it's best for the animals or the people. But uh, that's another thing. I would say Is that um, another is that another That's a whole like that's a whole nother Forty minute segment we can go. Okay, down. I have I have no knowledge on that, but I actually spent like an hour and a half today digging For into this. I probably read through like twenty articles. Yeah, I went and down the shark fin trade rabbit hole the other day. When I went to the New York Post and I read it and I saw that buried at the bottom, I was like, "That is the one I'm doing." And then the BBC, uh, like I said earlier, I was when I clicked on it and thought the BBC, I thought it was going to be very much anti hunting, but I appreciated how fair this article was to both sides. Yeah, because you don't see many like that. No. Nope. I think in hot on water. the shark fin thing, though, there's more we'll, we'll, of an alliance. We'll say Because that. I think... No, no, we'll no. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we can't get into it now. No, we can't get into it now. We'll we'll table that. Uh, I think we were recommended somebody by Graham to specifically talk about the shark fin thing. Yes, River Horse, I believe. Okay. Maybe we should try to get him on the podcast because I would that think would that he awesome. would be a great resource yeah. to actually have a con. con- Converse. I almost said conservation. To have a <laughs> conservation with. 
Yeah, that sounds good to me. Conservation conversation. Conservation conversation. Uh, this episode comes out after our hunt with us. So if you came out, thank you. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Oh, uh, we have uh, the... Uh, when, what day does this episode come out? 14th. This, this episode comes out on the 14th. Yep. We have an Instagram giveaway yep. that ends on the 15th. So if you have not seen it... And it's before the 15th. And you listen to this on the 14th, you can enter... By going to our Instagram account at Honey Hole Angling and uh, liking our post and following us and tagging a couple friends. We are giving away. We partnered up with uh, our guest that came out, our podcast that came out last week, Kurt, who came up with a fish taco fly. Mm-hmm. We are partnering with him, giving away 12 fish tacos and a Hill Country Fly Fishers kit, including a fly tying kit, a Fly Fishing Texas Hill Country book, and other goodies. So, uh, you have a day to Dude. go enter if you're interested. Maybe even less than a day. That is yeah. a solid giveaway, in my opinion. That's cool. That's I like, did tag three friends, but I know I can't win, unfortunately. Yeah, especially the taco fly, because it's, it's a hot commodity. And apparently, from what we spoke with, he doesn't tie them that often. So right. this is your opportunity. To get one. Um, also, I'm kind of putting the feelers out. Anyone in our local community, San Antonio area, uh, we have a friend of the podcast who is doing a men's retreat down to Port, Port Aransas through Castro Faith, and he is asking for some donations in order to help with lowering the cost for some of the guys going out. So if anyone in our local area has any extra game, wild game meat, or anything like that, please contact me. Let me know. I'll store it. I'll put it somewhere. So that I can get it to when are they play leaving? Christian? Um, I believe it is October twenty second. But let me double check. Can you keep the podcast rolling while I pull up the text? Yeah, we can. Uh, absolutely. Next week we are having on Stephen Palmer, a good friend of mine from my days at Orvis, and we're going to be. He recently did a trip to fish for Dorado. We're just going to be chit chatting with him. He's a very interesting guy. He's in a lot of cool fishing. He's a rod. Like, that dude can cast. I think at a fishing manager's meeting with Orvis, he may have won a casting competition. Oh, yeah. Out of all of the fishing managers that work for a fly fishing company, which is like 80, and he won a casting competition. If I remember correctly, he won. He may have gotten second. We'll we'll, we'll ask Double him. check. We'll double check when he comes on. But that dude can cast. Go ahead, uh, Cliff. Donations would need to be in by October 22nd. Okay. To you. To me. Okay. Perfect. I'm gonna donate some stuff. Yeah, and I'm I'm donating as well. And these guys we had on our podcast whenever we did, did the, the uh, Texas Fly Fishing Brew Festival yes. episode mm-hmm. that was live at the convention. Yeah, if you Yes. And he has continued to support us. He continues to listen. I think it's a, a good way to build camaraderie. He's he's he supports us, so let's support him. Absolutely. That sounds good. All right, guys. We'll see you in the field or on the water. Bye! Happy birthday to you.